Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Good Lord Senior Content Executive, and today I'm joined by Darren Owens, Sales Manager at Infinite Property, to talk through how the agency's managed to expand its activities across England uh, to look for a new pool of landlords and tenants while maintaining its base of operations in Warrington up in North England. Uh, so thanks very much for joining me today, Darren. No problem. Nice to, nice to speak to you. Uh, well, first off, it'd be great to learn a bit more about you. Um, so if I could please ask you just to tell us a bit about your background and obviously a bit about Infinite Property as well, that'd be great. Of course, yes. Yeah. So my personal background, um, I've been in a state agency for the last sort of 20 years now. Um, started off in FS actually as a mortgage broker uh, for Countrywide and then uh, moved into various different roles and gradually transferred from FS over to property um, kind of around 2006 time, 2007. Worked for a couple of sort of large property investment companies and then joined Infinite in a, in a sort of official capacity about three years ago. Um, the Infinite's owned by my wife and a good friend of mine. They own the business, um, and I've always um, sort of done some consultancy work with them and things like that. But yeah, joined as a sales manager officially about three years ago. So my role now is um, obviously dealing with the sales side of the business, so the high street estate agency, but also kind of in terms of business development for the letting side, helping bring in new landlords, finding new avenues for business. Um, so that all falls into the sort of sales manager the banner, if you like. And obviously, with you wearing those two hats, what do you like about each side of it, just as a bit of an icebreaker <laughs> to our conversation? Um, well, firstly, I get to do all the nice side of the letting business. So I get to meet all the landlords, bring them into the business um, and do all the nice meet and greet <laughs> meet and greet side. The sales side, I've always been really interested. I've always loved the state agency, you know, helping people move home, helping people buy an investment. It's quite a rewarding job, actually, when it goes right. Don't get me wrong, there's loads of um, <laughs> there's loads of downsides, there's lots of stressful times. But um, yeah, I've, I've always really enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed buying and selling property myself. So yeah, it's challenging, particularly in the current climate. But yeah, it's it's a good job. I've always enjoyed it. I think any job without challenges is it can become boring over time. So Correct. I think that that's, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, let, let's um, delve into a little bit, uh, learn a bit more about infinite property, perhaps just to just to gain an understanding as to as to uh, how you work. I suppose. Um, I mean, would you say? Let, let's look at your your customers, your clients. I mean, w- would you say initially that you you have any particular profile of tenant or landlord that you work with um uh, is it is it quite expansive or, or do you tend to work with a specific pool or demographic so landlord wise it's a real mixed bag to be honest with you i mean we started like most traditional high street agents where you work with your local market you know most of our landlords were people who lived locally and bought locally they were quite sort of hands-on but still didn't want to have that day-to-day interaction with the tenant so they would appoint a letting agent to deal with the day-to-day work collecting rents maintenance etc then that sort of shifted to we were dealing more with people from out the area but buying in Warrington you know around sort of 2005 2006 there's a real shift from people down in the southeast to start buying in the northwest because the yields were better the price point was better so you know we started to deal with people who were buying at arm's length if you like and now we deal with people all over the world that are buying properties all over the country Warrington Manchester London the north of England um so it's a real mixed bag now in terms of um landlord profile obviously that change in landlord profile has changed the tenant profile as well so again our traditional market was always sort of the terraced house market around Warrington um you know you'd stand two up two downs that's what most landlords were buying when we first started the sort of landlords that we deal with now tend to buy sort of big 
shiny city centre apartments, Manchester, Liverpool, London, because that's the market that they're into. So, yeah, the last few years have seen a real change in both landlord and, and tenant profile. No, it's interesting that you are seeing that change. And in terms of the tenant profile, would you say that, you know, recent events have had a real impact in terms of what the tenant is looking for? Has it it accelerated that kind of change in profile almost? Yeah, because we deal with so many different types of properties in so many different locations, it's hard to really pinpoint what's going on in the market sometimes because, you know, the the English property market is one thing, but there's so many... Um, demographics within that so many different locations we work with you know Manchester and Liverpool aren't that far apart but they're totally different in 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 terms of the way they operate as cities and the tenants and the landlords you know so there's there's lots of little markets within a market if you like that we work in Um, I think generally for a while Covid certainly um, caused problems within the apartment market there's lots of people who didn't want to live in apartments for for a, a good two years because of lack of outside space and and they've been potentially trapped in an apartment during COVID. So um, we're certainly seeing in most of the locations where we manage properties that three-bed properties have had a real big premium in terms of their price rise because of the working-from-home culture. So, you know, if you take your, the average young couple who are renting a two-bed house, if one or even both of them are working from home now, there's really is that need for that third bedroom. So in terms of the way rent increases have gone for the last two years i'd say three bedrooms are outstripped two beds and one beds by far because there's such a big demand for that third bedroom now we're working from home that's that's quite an interesting point actually because uh yeah i suppose it sort of makes sense in as much as people you know would always prefer to have a bit more space but if it's obviously accelerating that uh, that growth and that increase in uh, in rents that's it is very interesting and and I mean, would you <laughs> Sorry, please. I was going to say, traditionally, you know, three-bed properties didn't yield that well for investors. So they tended to stick to the two-bed terrace market, particularly in the Northwest. Um, That's kind of been flipped on its head a little bit now. And actually, three-bed semis around um, Warrington and within sort of 25 miles of our office, the three-bed semi-detached market can yield just as well as the two-bed terrace market now because the rents have risen that much on on three-bed properties. Do you see that trend continuing? Uh, well, I think working from home is definitely here to stay. Um, so I think the demand for larger properties is, is definitely going to going to stay. Um, there has been, we've noticed the last eight to 10 months um, since we've sort of come out of the last lockdown and COVID has got quieter and quieter. There has been a bit of a trend for people to go back towards city centre apartments. Definitely we're seeing the rents going back to pre-COVID levels now in the city centres. But I think the demand for a larger property with more rooms is definitely here to stay. What's going to be impacted on that, though, is people's affordability, because obviously larger properties cost more to heat. The council tax is higher. So with the current cost of living crisis, you know, you you could argue that although the desire might be there for three bedroom property, can people afford to run it and, and live in one? No, it would be interesting then to see whether that almost reverses the trend as people yeah. as you say start to start to look for things that they can afford in terms of energy as well as the size of the of the property. And then just sort of final final question, just sort of picking into your your national uh, expertise a bit here. Are you seeing any particular trends in terms of stock levels? Obviously, that's something which is very much in the news at the minute. Um, but taking a global or national perspective, um, what, what trends are you seeing there? Yeah, stock levels on the letting side have definitely been down. I mean, on the, on the sales side, they really have, um, hence why the current price boom is happening because there's so few properties for sale at the moment. Uh, but on the letting side, it's been impacted as well. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of our landlords um, look to sell properties over the last two years that have held properties for, for, for sort of 10 to 15 years. Various different reasons for that. 
um, obviously, as people get older, they tend to want to liquidise their their assets a bit more and go into sort of safer investments and things and, and keep money to one side as cash. Um, also, the current price rises has meant properties are worth more money, so they see it as now potentially a good time to get in. Concerns about future recessions, price drops, etc., is now a good time to sell. But the tax implication of owning buy to that as well hasn't been great, as we know, for the sort of the last four or five years. So there's a lot of landlords, particularly don't have limited company structures or, or not the most tax efficient setup. Um, but decided now is a good time to come out of the market and potentially reinvest through a limited company um, in the future if they see the prices drop but, or potentially come out of the market completely. Um, but yeah, it's def- we've definitely seen um, a reduction in stock. We've definitely seen tenants stay in properties longer as well. Uh, we've noticed our sort of turnover rate of tenants has, has decreased. Um, so it, again, it comes back to there's probably a desire for most people in the two bed to move to a three bed. But I think at the moment, people's affordability is probably stretched a little bit and they're wondering whether it's the right thing to do. And that seems a, a pretty good overview of, uh, of the situation. But I guess we'll see We'll see where how that plays out over the few, mm. coming few months and years. Um, but let, let's let's get stuck into sort of the main topic of today. Then, obviously, you know, I was just uh, picking on your expertise a bit there, just uh, in terms of your your national uh, the the view that you can have across the country. But um, let, let's delve into kind of what was the impetus behind that spread, um, that expansion of your activities. I mean, how how did this expansion of your activities come about? You know, was there a single point of this is what we aim to do, or did it just happen organically? It, it kind of happened organically and it was, I'll be honest with you, it was, initially it was driven by the landlords. So what happened was, I, I, I mentioned at the sort of start of the uh, the podcast about how we started off with the traditional landlords, somebody from Warrington buying a property in Warrington and then sort of pre the credit crunch, there was a, a big market of people from down south buying in the northwest for price points. So we we're meeting a different type of landlord and then what would happen is, that landlord would buy a property in Warrington, for example, uh, meet ourselves and we'd rent that property for them. And then they'd come to us and say, look, I'm buying one in Liverpool, Manchester. You know, we've got a great relationship. I like what you guys do. Could you look after that for me? Um, so we have to take a view at that point, whether we do that and we become that sort of company that, that pushes a bit further afield or do we try and stay local and, and offer the service we were offering. And, you know, landlords are hard to find. So we took the view that while we've got landlords that like us and like our service, let's let's, let's push it and, and, you know, manage properties for them a bit further afield. So it was really driven by the landlords initially. And then it kind of grew. And, and once we had our processes straight and, and we realised how to do it, um, you know, don't get me wrong, we had lots of mistakes at the start and lots of time wasted and things like that, going to places we didn't need to go. Um, but once we had our processes right, we worked out that actually, you know, we could do this um, and offer it as something to new landlords so we could meet a new landlord and might be buying a property nowhere near Warrington um, and we could still offer our services. Now I'm you've, you've mentioned some of the mistakes and things that you went through. Do you have any examples just that other people might be able to, to avoid oh, them? I mean, how long's a podcast? Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, look, the key thing is we've tried to manage properties for review and these processes and systems. And in the early days, you know, technology has moved on leaps and bounds since COVID kicked in. I mean, in terms of our industry, as a lettings industry, the things you can do now that we couldn't do pre-COVID um, are, are pretty amazing, really. Um, so, yeah, the, in terms of getting process right, we would 
we would spend a lot of time, you know, doing individual viewings at properties where we never really thought about, you know, managing diaries properly and making sure if someone was going to Birmingham, is there anything else they could do on the way? Was there inspections they could do on a property while they were there? Is there something they could be doing on the way back or on the way down? And and that is the hardest bit we're trying to manage properties at a distance from your office is, is diary management, really. It was all new to us. So we just kind of, you get that initial excitement where you put a property on right move and someone rings for a viewing and wants to go that afternoon and you kind of drop everything to do it. We're a bit more structured now in how we work. And we learned very quickly that just because someone wants to view a property that afternoon doesn't necessarily mean they're going to take it or even doesn't mean they're going to turn up uh, to, to the actual viewing. Um, so, yeah, we're a lot more structured now in how we work. And, and how would you say that you work? I mean, how does it work in terms of the logistics? I mean, are you all, you know, physically based in in Warrington? Is that and then you you travel out or, or is it uh, that you have people sort of located across the country to be able to, to react? Um, so we're all based in the northwest. We're not all based in the office in Warrington. Uh, we have a, a core of people who are based in the in the office. So the the, the team that deal with maintenance and accounts, etc., all based in the office. Um, anyone who goes out and deals with viewings, inspections, check-ins, inventories, for example, generally works from home and comes into the office one or two days a week. Um, but all of us are based in the northwest. So um you know for example i'm based out near northwich which isn't a million miles away from warrington but it's probably about 40 minutes south of the office so um i can cover the midlands fairly easily from where i am because i'm kind of a few junctions down the m6 already and we've got somebody based in manchester who tends to cover everything going out that way manchester going out to leeds hull uh, any of the east of england um so yeah no we we all technically work from the Warrington office as in all the keys are held here you know the bulk of the staff are based here and all our systems are here although everything's cloud-based so we can work anywhere but the uh, most of us that are out on the road tend to work from home and obviously when you're going out to these different areas these different regions to offer these services I mean how important is it to the landlords or tenants or whoever it may be within those areas that you have you know, local knowledge? Is it something that you, you work on building up for each different area? Or is it something that you look into just before, go, you know, as you travel down there, for example? I mean, how, mm-hmm. how does that work and how important I'd, is it? I'd say it's more important to landlords and tenants, definitely. Um, tenants are really only interested in is the, is the property, the property that they want. You do get the odd the odd tenant who's maybe moving into a new area, wants to know a little bit about the, the property and what's located around it. Um, we tend to do our own research so once we appoint a property manager for a property and we know who in our team is going to be dealing with that property they would generally do their own little bit of research on that property and see what's around the area where the local supermarkets are you know the points of interest that might help with tenants that are doing viewings Um, but generally most people don't tend to move that far so know the area they're moving to Um, landlords obviously are keen to know that that you can not necessarily have that local knowledge, but you can pick it up fairly quickly. They want to understand that you're somebody who understands property. You know what tenants are looking for. And what landlords are really interested in is, look, once a tenant moves in, how are you going to manage your property? What's going to happen with the inspections? Do you have contractors in the area? That's really the landlord's big concern, not so much the, the knowledge of, you know, where's the nearest train station? Because let's be honest, right move, Zoopla, gives all that information to people nowadays anyway. It's more about the actual property management. So once the tenant's in, what happens from there? How easy can you react to something that goes wrong? You know, and is that going to be feasible for you to manage it from 100 miles away? No, I, I noticed on your site that you did talk about the extensive network and obviously, as you mentioned, innovative marketing, te- marketing technologies that, that you invest in. I mean, is that how you provide that information, that assurance to your landlords that you have these contractors in place? I mean, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you build up those relationships to be able to facilitate the service in the best way? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it gets easier as you get bigger. And that sounds crazy. But obviously, the more properties you've got in a new area, the easier it is to find contractors. You get better relationships with people. So it's always the hardest bit is always that first breaking into a new area. So, for example, we're based in Warrington. The first property we got in Birmingham uh, wasn't easy to manage. But now we have probably about 57 um, in Birmingham. So actually, contractors there are relatively easy to find now because we give them so much work. Uh, they know we pay them on time, um, you know, so it's a lot easier to build those relationships when when you're, you're up and running. The The technology side has really, as I think I said previously, come on leaps and bounds since since COVID. So we, you know, we do use things like remote inspections where we can. Uh, we don't necessarily do all our inspections in person. Now we tend to do every other one in person and unless there's an issue with the property and it needs a face-to-face appointment. So we try and use technology as much as possible. And that is really key. Again, like, you know, things like Good Lord are perfect. I can be sat on a train coming back from London and I can key an application on. I've not got to get the tenant to sign anything face-to-face. It can all be done in the two hours it takes me to get back from Houston to, to Bank Key in Warrington. Uh, the application can be on. The tenant can pass referencing if they use open banking and, and you're away. Um, so you've got to embrace technology. You can't avoid it if you're going to be doing lettings at a distance, I don't think. <laughs> I guess with the question of technology, though, um, although I, I am obviously biased, as I say, you know, working at Good Lord, um, I know that the aim of technology is always to support uh, agents, our technology in particular, is to support agents to to do their jobs in a more you know, effective, more efficient way. It's not to uh, to stop them from having face to face interactions or and things like that. So but when you're working at a distance, how, how do you maintain that level of that sort of personal service for, for landlords and tenants? You know, is that something that you have ever struggled with or is it just something that you've, you've managed to uh, find a solution for? No, it, we've never struggled because I think the world is changing in that regard. You know, people would much rather send a WhatsApp now than actually pick the phone up or have a coffee. But and again, I know I keep saying about COVID, but I think it's been a real game changer in, in our industry and in terms of the way people work. People be, kind of got out of the habit of, of going to face-to-face meetings, you know, the amount of time I used to spend on the road going and meeting landlords and, and sitting having a coffee with them. Um, that was basically my week. And now that's all kind of changed. I'd rather do a Zoom call or just have a WhatsApp video or something. Um, so I think the world has changed. And, and you know, I'm mid-40s, so I'm um, kind of getting older. Um, and you tend to um, sort of embrace technology when you're younger so the type of tenant profile that we're dealing with now which tends to be people in their early 20s they generally don't want to pick the phone up and have a conversation they they, they would rather deal with you know through their phone whether it's whatsapp or sending a text message or sending an email you know they seem to embrace that and people can do it outside of work hours as well then you know landlords send me a, a text on a saturday morning or a friday evening um and they know that generally they'll get a text back within two or three hours depending on what time of day it is um so they know they can you can be a bit more flexible with your time you know if someone wants a meeting it's got to be a set time on a set day whereas a a quick whatsapp video you can do it any time of day really so although it seems like it's less of a personal service by not meeting people face to face actually i think you can sometimes give people a better service by using your time a lot smarter and not being sat on motorways or you know, saying Costa Coffee when there's lots more things you could be doing in the office and then using your time a bit more proactively. We'll be right back after this message. Do you want to stop wasting time on admin and jumping between different platforms to get just one job done? Do you want to focus on your agency's business goals instead? 
From automated offer letters and e-signing to online referencing and even rent collection, Goodlord can help your agency get rid of the admin-heavy parts of your lettings job in one integrated platform, so you can refocus on your business and your customers. Head to goodlord.co today to learn more. Goodlord, it's just that good. Actually, on on that point, perhaps remind me when when you sort of started this this expansion. Was it so? It's pre COVID, presumably that you started. Oh yes, yeah. I mean we started taking properties on you know well outside of Warrington, two thousand five, I would say. Yeah, pre pre credit crunch. Yeah, and at that stage, I would suggest that your opinion would possibly have changed even more now. But did you, did you ever consider having more physical branches or whether setting up mm. virtual branches elsewhere? We did, yeah. Um, it was something that crossed our mind, and then kind of the credit crunch hit, so that that sort of put a lot of things like that on hold in terms of big investment and big expansion, because the property market reduced massively in terms of number of transactions. You know, two thousand eight to two thousand and ten, eleven, there wasn't much purchasing going on at all. So, in some ways, that kind of did us a bit of a favour because you know we could be sat here now with ten offices that we might not really need. So in some ways that did us a favour a little bit. But yeah, it was the initial plan to actually have lots of satellite offices dotted around in locations where we have properties. And now we've realised that actually you don't you don't need that. We can run everything from here. Now that's not to say that moving forward we might not um we might sort of take on um property managers that are based a bit further afield. At the moment, we only recruit people that can be in Warrington within an hour because we like them to come into the office one, two days a week. You know, we have weekly meetings in the office to run through what new properties we're taking on, issues, etc. But it may be that, you know, as as the portfolio grows in London, for example, we can justify recruiting somebody who's who lives in London and deals solely with the London portfolio um, because it'd be easy for them to manage from down there potentially. So yeah, that 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 as we grow, that sort of satellite presence will probably still come about, but in a different format from having traditional branches, I think, on the high street. No, that that makes sense. And it would perhaps be interesting, you know, as you say, London, it's quite a different market as well. And everything moves so quickly that having somebody actually physically in that location, uh, you know, I suppose as, as everywhere in England, it, it might be one of the, the more logical places for that to, yes, that to be the I case. I would say so. Yeah. Um, and in, in terms of making your landlords and tenants and so on aware that you obviously do operate on this on this national scale how do you get that awareness out there you know through marketing or however it is is it you know is it word of mouth is it marketing I mean how do you make your presence known uh, across across the areas that you, you obviously work in so it's a mixture of things we don't generally market for new landlords um in um in specific locations we tend obviously we're always speaking to our database we use various bits of software to do that to constantly speak to our our current database of landlords and most of those generally know now that we'll market we'll manage properties in different locations because most of them have a portfolio that's spread across various locations you know most of our landlords that have got more than one property probably don't have them then properties in the same town you know we've got landlords with say six or seven properties that are dotted all around the north of england so most of them are well aware we have a couple of sort of large introducers that refer landlords to us um, who who know that we operate in various locations. Now, when you first come to meet those landlords, you do have to explain how you do that because it is a big question that landlords have. You know, look, you're based in Warrington. I'm buying a property in Hull. Um, you know, I'm not used to this. How, how are you going to do it? I'm, you know, I would expect to bring an agent in Hull um, and get them to manage a property. So you do have to sort of 
overcome a few challenges with that landlord and explain how the business works and um, explain how, how things have moved on. I think people can see for themselves now how finding a property has changed. You know, most people, if they're looking to buy a house or rent a house, know that the first place to start is right move. No one really goes trawling through estate agents' windows anymore. So I think most people know that finding a tenant actually can be done from pretty much anywhere in, in the country. That's not too difficult. It comes back to that property management and looking after the property once the tenant's moved in. That tends to be landlord's big concern, I would say. And in terms of, you know, but obviously that's what that's one side of things. It's the referral side. But, you know, what, what are your thoughts on acquisitions and things like that in terms of uh, growing? Obviously, the industry seems to be consolidating quite a lot at the minute, mm. um, you know, and obviously because you already have that national uh, or you can offer that national service. How, how would you say that acquisitions would kind of play into that? Yeah, we're looking at it all the time. and We're always interested um, if the right business comes along. Um, it's... It's a bit of a double-edged sword, I think, growth by acquisition because there's lots of issues that come with it, lots of problems. We've done very well to get our business to where we have organically without going down the acquisition route. And and we would prefer to continue that way. Um, But I think there comes a point where, if I take London as an example, okay, we're getting to a point where um, we don't quite have a big enough portfolio inside the M25 to justify taking on a full-time person. But if we had another 20 properties, we probably could do. Um, so we look at now, well, do we go and acquire a, 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 an agent potentially? Um, and then that gives you an existing staff base in that location. So you don't need to potentially recruit somebody. And it's a staff base, base that knows that location and knows some of those properties. So it is quite an attractive proposition. Um, it seems to be the way some agents are going at the moment. You know, particularly in the Northwest, we're seeing some big consolidation up here. A lot of the larger agents are buying other large agents which is quite strange you know traditionally it's always been large agents buying independents but but it now it seems like um everyone's buying everybody <laughs> so yeah i think acquisition is a potential route to go down but it is a bit of a double-edged sword and come with lots of problems as well as as well as uh, benefits and kind of on the almost the other side of the of the coin um now that you are operating nationally, have you re- have you realized that anything is actually better to be kept within the local area um Probably not now. As I say, during the early days, there was times when we thought, do we really want to be doing this? Should we just stick to Warrington? But now I think because of the, the change in technology, it, it's made it a lot easier than it was. I mean, we'll always keep, obviously, our, our core functions in the head office, so accounting, uh, the maintenance department, et cetera. We'll always keep that in, in Warrington because it makes sense. We, we're all based near Warrington. Um, we've got an office here. I don't see the real need to start splitting that up and moving that around into different locations. I think it helps if if that core day-to-day management is all in one location so people can speak to each other easier, you know, and be on top of things a bit more. It's different for the guys that are out on the road because they don't always need that day-to-day contact with the office. But um, the people that are dealing with maintenance and accounts are, are generally speaking to each other all the time. So it helps to keep that that definitely more local. There's pressures, again, with working from home where a lot of people now want to be able to work from home one or two days a week because they see everybody else doing it. <laughs> uh, that's brought some pressure as well into how we run the office. But yeah, in terms of, sort of moving other roles into other locations i don't think there's any real benefit to that now with the way that you can work so easy all of our systems are cloud-based so um we can do the job from anywhere pretty much now that makes complete sense and as you say that's sort of what technology and things are there to do it's to take those things with i suppose the admin side of things really and make it easy just to just to be able to do it anywhere but uh if you if you could sort of 
summarize, I suppose, uh, in terms of the pros and cons that you found? Of I know that we've obviously touched on some of them, but we, we may have missed some that, uh, that may have uh, come to you throughout this conversation. What would you say the pros and cons are of expanding in this way? Um, well, I think the pros to doing it organically and, and to, to reaching out a bit further is obviously, well, going nationally, you have a much bigger market to tap into straight away. You know, if you just stick to Warrington, you're limited to however many rooftops are in, are in Warrington, whereas now we've got potentially the whole of England as, as a market. Um, it means you can uh, maintain your relationship with your landlords a lot better. So we've got landlords, as I say, have probably own properties in six or seven different locations. Well, um, if they were using six or seven different agents, then they're not potentially getting the best service because they've got to get information from all different places. Um, you know, they can have one point of contact by working with one agent. And if they've got questions on different properties, they bring one person. So if there's a couple of issues with rents, they have one person in our accounts department that they speak to. Um, we have a login area for landlords where they can log in on our website and it gives them all the information they need about their property. So obviously all of that is in one place for them, regardless of where the property is. So they can see their whole portfolio at the click of a button. Um, so it does work very well for landlords. Um, the downsides are there's a lot of traveling involved still. Um, you know, we haven't uh, taken the decision to use things like Viewba, for example. We've decided to do all the viewings ourselves, mainly because, you know, we, we want to give the landlords the assurance that we have met the person that's moving into their property. You know, we've vetted them personally. We've got the right information about them. Also, we want to we want to meet our tenants face to face at some point. The, the one big benefit of using good law is you don't have to have lots of face-to-face meetings with the tenants, but at some point we do like to meet them so they know who they're dealing with. So the biggest con is that there's still a lot of traveling involved with managing properties at a distance. So you've got to get your, your processes and your diary management straight. And if anyone's going to go down the route of managing properties nationally, I'd recommend you do that before you start taking on properties and in different locations. And like ourselves, you just thought, yeah, let's just do it and got on with it and then worried about the processes afterwards. <laughs> I was just going to ask whether you had any top tips for people looking to do the same. And there's one right there. Yeah, so. Just think about how you're going to do it before you start. It's um, yeah, it's a lot easier now than it was in 2005. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, you just really got to think about how you're going to structure your diaries, you know, whether it's feasible because it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for everybody. So you've got to think, you know, have you got the right team around you? Have you got the right people in place? Um, it's not the right move for everybody. Lots of agents stay local and it works very well for them. But, you know, it's it's a big it's a big market out there if you can go outside of your local area. And just to wrap up, obviously, you're you're seeing success in how you've how you've set this up and, and having taken this jump to to operate nationally. Do you see that this is the direction that other agencies will take? Do you think that we'll start seeing more agencies looking to expand their footprint because they can because of technologies and, and so on? Um, probably not to the extent that we've done it. So, you know, if you think we're in Warrington, we manage properties in Newcastle upon time, manage properties in central London. I don't think everyone would go down that route. Um, you know, I, I certainly see as I'm out on the road now, boards popping up in places that are an hour away from Warrington, from Warrington agents that wouldn't normally have popped up. So I do wonder whether that's just a coincidence or whether more people now are thinking, actually, you know, we can manage properties a bit further away from home. Um, and it's a conscious decision to do that. Or whether, like ourselves, they've got a landlord who's approached them and said, look, you manage two properties of mine. I'm buying this other one an hour down the road. Is there any chance you could do it for me? I think, yeah, given the changes that have happened over the last few years and just general you know, globalisation, for want of a better word, where the world's become a smaller place, 
Um, I do think more agents will start looking a bit further afield at how they can grow their business, definitely. You know, it's, it's a really competitive market, what we do. It always has been. That's not changed. But because it's so competitive, if you can tap into new markets, it, it can be really lucrative and beneficial. So, yeah, I, th- I think more people will do it, but probably not to the extent that, that we have, you know, because it's, it's not easy and a lot of agents still want to keep a bit of control and have the properties closer to home. You know, there's lots of alternatives out there, like franchise models and things like that, but I'm still not totally convinced they're the way forward for, for most people. That seems a, a good summary and a, a good note to end on, I think. Um, well, uh, thank you ever so much, Darren, for joining. I think that's been no really interesting. I think, yeah. And uh, yeah, um, thank you ever so much. <laughs>